Today, we talk about boundaries for women. Mm, Sorry, fellas. Well, actually, you might want to tune in because I think we could all continue to learn about boundaries. However, our interviewed guest today, Dr. Tammy Chang, speaks on how she guides women to become the best version of themselves and protect their well-being by helping them achieve greater balance, prevent burnout, and live healthier lives. Uh, Yes, please. (laughs) Dr. Chang has the most calming voice and is not only easy to listen to, but the further we got into our interview, it just kept getting better and better, and I couldn't soak in enough of her wisdom. This episode is an amazing resource for all women on the edge of burnout or just feeling like you cannot get it all done in a day. So tuck this one in your back pocket and stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. I am so excited to introduce you today to Dr. Tammy Chang, board-certified physician and author of Boundaries as a Woman Physician, The Key to Loving Your Life and Career in Medicine. And we're going to steal Tammy's advice in so many other areas. Thank you for joining us, Tammy. Oh, thanks for having me today. So excited. You're out in Seattle. I'm here in Arkansas. So we're uh, far away. (laughs) Yes. Which is, we were just, well, I was complaining about technology, but this is the beautiful part of technology is that we can do this together today. So thank you. So cool. (laughs) So bring us to your story, because as every good passion does, this has the story of obviously you started in medicine, but have been brought to this fine focus of boundaries and boundaries within medicine and women. And so bring us up to speed. Oh, sure. The summary is that everything about what I do today and this book came out of the most difficult time in my own personal life and my life and career about three years ago as a physician. So I I hit rock bottom at that time, very severe burnout. I was actually suicidal. And that's not something we talk about much in the the medicine world in particular. There's a lot of stigma, I think, everywhere. But in particular, I think it's it's a hundredfold in, in medicine. And I needed to take time off. I really need a lot of help. And so everything about my life has really honestly come out of that time. Anything I can do to help other women never get to anywhere close to that place, whether whether we're physicians or not. And so that's what this book is all about. Yeah. So what did bring on such a harsh reality of that moment in your life? I'm on the younger side as a physician, Hope I think sort of, (laughs) I hope I'll be doing this for a really long time. And I was only about five years out of training at that point. So late thirties and really we were at a time, which is not unlike what we're experiencing in the pandemic at the stage in healthcare, which is just severe staff shortages, the exhaustion of ongoing trauma. It, there really hasn't been much of a break right in the healthcare space. 
honestly, for most of us in the pandemic, it's been just ongoing, right, in general, regardless of what industry we're in. Mm-hmm. And so at that time, I'm a pediatric oncologist. So it's already a, a, a sensitive and challenging field when it's at its best. I had my colleague who was a dear friend and our, our director, his own daughter was dying from metastatic breast cancer in her mid-20s. So it was very hard to watch our dear friend and colleague go through that. We also had another colleague with serious health issues as well. And then we were just short-staffed overall. And then we, at the same time, had record numbers of new cancer diagnoses in our patients, our pediatric kid, our kids, right? And you, just uh, record numbers of relapses, deaths, all these things were happening. And it all converged in the same six-month period of time. So, so I really was working. I mean, I was on call more than I had been probably ever during my training. Wasn't getting sleep. It was working all the time, right? Not taking a break, taking it all on is my responsibility too. And I, I do think that looking back on that time, that is the key to why I got so low is I, I did take on everything because I felt it was my responsibility to make sure everyone was okay. My colleagues mm-hmm. were okay. Our patients were okay. So it just uh, mm-hmm. hit the bottom is what happened. Yes. My goodness. And so you exited the scene. Like, did you take a sabbatical when you kind of hit this low or what did that look like? I took a almost three month leave of absence, which in medicine is a very long time, but I wish in many ways, I, I think that has been the most important three months of my life was hmm. to step back and completely reevaluate everything. Cause I really hmm. considered quitting medicine, of course, and not working anymore as a physician. So fast forwarding to now, can you confidently say you're glad you didn't give up? Oh yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't be here doing this work. And I've discovered my why with a capital W for everything in my life and what I want the rest of my life to be about, which is empowering, especially women to live in a way that really cares for us first and allow us to have that freedom in our lives that hasn't necessarily been modeled for us in our development and our growth and our training potentially, or all the years of school by the adults around us. And yet we Mm -hmm. can certainly create another path and especially for the next generation. I want this for our kids and our daughters and their kids and um, just everything that comes after that. Absolutely. And so, so medicine still exists, right? You're still, are you still a practicing physician? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm a pediatric oncologist half the time, and then I'm still employed full-time with my organization. I'm the medical director of provider wellness actually for our large healthcare system. So it's my job to take care of our 4,000 physicians and APPs. So it's, it's almost, it's almost kind of amazing that I'm here doing this work because I never would have considered it. And yet it's just such a, it's just such a deep passion. And then it's almost like everything has led to, to what I'm up to now. Right. I can tell you're like, your soul is filled that you, you know, you've got this well-rounded view. The fact that you can do all of what you said you're doing and feel at peace like you do have this figured out. And so we, we need your insights. <laughs> I think this was interesting. You mentioned that understanding that to heal and serve others, one must first focus on having a healthy body, spirit, and mind. So maybe you could kind of walk us through how you really not only started that journey, but have come out on this side. Again, I keep saying confident, but I think a lot of people when they're in where you were, it's hard to believe that hope story of like, I could actually get to that next point. And so walk us through that. 
Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. And this has been three years and I, I'm still learning and growing and stretching right every single day. And I hope I will be for the rest of my life. That's my goal. Sure. So there is no end of this journey or the path, but it really starts with just that very first step. And it's that self-awareness and recognizing where we're at. And I honestly couldn't see that right at the time. And so it's, and sometimes we need the other really loving people in our lives to just give us the, the brutal truth, right? The honesty about what's going on. Cause we often can't see it when we're in such a low spot. And when we're in such a low place, it, it's, it's that much harder to even reach out to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not even getting to that point, but also allowing others to help us to, to lean on others and to be open to that uh, when they reach out to try to help us is starting there. So yes, if we were kind of ordering these steps of I'm feeling burnout, whatever level of that spectrum it looks like, first step is to start asking for help. Well, to or to even accept help. Mm. Someone might even because that's actually a lot of what I do in my provider wellness job. I coach and support physician APPs, but most don't even ask for help. You have to keep offering it and offering and offering it to them. And eventually mm. they might when they're ready. I actually had many people trying to offer help along the way, but I couldn't, I couldn't hear them. Right. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to, to, to be open to it. So I think it actually starts with being willing to accept help. And again, like, how does that change at some point that you finally force yourself to accept it and then start to see some benefit in it? Or were you, or were you forced to accept it? You know, like how, how does one make that change? Yeah. And, and then it, it, it's when it, we hit the rock bottom that that's sometimes one of the few times we're willing to finally make a change and wouldn't it be incredible if we could not ever get to that point. So, Great. right. And so it's building that self-awareness of where am I at today? Where am I at? And where have I been in the last few days? How am I doing at this moment? And am I okay right now? Right. And I think mm-hmm. when we slow down enough, and I'm sure I know you're, you're such a huge advocate of, of our taking care of ourselves. Right. And it's, it's that, am I okay right now today? Because it goes up and down even throughout the day. And mm-hmm. I struggle with it now too. I think it's, it's an ongoing challenge and on self-awareness of really, how am I, am I okay? Do I need to change something right now or today? Right. So a daily check-in so smart. Um, I'm, picturing and transferring this right over into mom world and how many times a spouse has to offer help or, uh, you know, I I just feel like there's so many instances that transfer into why women kind of keep chugging along, keep plugging on and somebody can offer it and you can be like, no, it's fine. I've got it. Maybe because we don't feel like somebody can do it, how we can do it or we don't want to be viewed as weak, or what are some of your trainings on all of those mentalities, you know, of like, what if somebody does feel like it's weak to take help, or they have like a perfectionism type personality where nobody else can do it like they can do it? That is a very common theme. I think that was also me too. And I think it comes down to honestly, how we're socialized and raised as women. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's not anyone's fault. It's just it's how things have been and we are evolving and changing and it is getting better, but it takes a long time, right? I, I think back to this concept of boundaries, which didn't exist until the 1980s. So our parents definitely 
weren't exposed to that growing up. I also have immigrant parents, so they definitely <laughs> had no concept of what that is, right? We've got all the cultural stuff too. And then mm-hmm. being female, right? And then this is how our mothers thought they had to act and, and do everything for everyone in the home. And that was their worth as a, as a mother or a woman or whatever, and, or mm-hmm. a wife. And, and then that translates to how we interact and do things right in our daily life too. And so when, when I talk about this concept of boundaries with women in particular, it's such a, uh, it can be a really charged or very extremely uncomfortable topic because it gets so down to the, what's so ingrained in us since we were little girls of being a good girl, being a helper. I was always told girls are always nice and helpful was kind of the mantra. And there has to be a limit to that because we can't, always be helpful and leave nothing left for us. And oh my gosh, especially for moms, right? I mean, you're taking care of everyone. There's all this stuff going on all around us all the time. And I think that you can start, you see it in moms and you see it transfer into grandmas. Like I think a lot of times women feel like, well, when I hit that next phase, then all, and it doesn't go away. It just comes with its own new set of challenges. And sometimes even harder because now you might be caretaking and you might have kids that you're watching after and you might have your job. Like talk about kind of all the different hats that somebody might be wearing or buckets that they might be needing to fill and just some advice around finding some peace in that or setting the boundaries. Yeah, I, I think it has to start. Everything has to come from us like as in from the inside, from a place of that peace and that strength. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's what I so believe in, whether we're talking about boundaries or we're talking about leadership or being a mother or being a physician, all these things, all these different roles, but it has to come down to really deep inside what, what are our non-negotiables as a human being, regardless of our, regardless of our gender, really. And so what are those core values? Are we living by them? Are we honoring them? by whatever we do in our lives and are we prioritizing ourselves because that is a new concept for a lot of us as we become adults Mm -hmm. do you think that you could give us some samples of when you say core values just to get listeners heads spinning around like oh yeah yeah I get how to do this yeah it was actually a new concept to me only three four years ago until I read Brene Brown's book Dare to lead. Have you read some of her books? And, right. Yes. Yeah, I love her stuff. Yeah. So it's essentially what what is a core part of who you are? An example would be when do you feel just freaking mad, right? And you don't know why. Like something just really pushes you and you're just angry and pissed and you don't know what it is about the situation or whatever this person's saying or whatever that really is just like fire like there's a fire <laughs> that goes off right and you don't know you're like why why am i reacting like this that's a clue that there could be a value that's not being honored in there mm-hmm. and then another one that i one of my favorite exercises as a coach is to do the peak experience exercise so for instance if you think back on your entire life till now to this day right 2022 what are the peak moments in your life? What stands out to you? That's a question I ask because there, there often are values hidden in there. There's, it's when you felt most alive, most aligned with who you really are without trying to please anyone or be anyone else or what you think society wants you to be or who your parents thought you should be or your culture or your country or your gender even, right? And uh, or anything. It's, it's really you. 
And so what are the themes that run between those peak experiences? Most people can name a couple, right? Two or three. And to me, when I think about it, I can think of three, my three peak experiences. And the running theme for me in each of those was there was absolute joy. There's just abandoned freedom, carefreeness, full of love. I was with people. I was alive, dancing outdoors. <laughs> it's all for me, it's about the outdoors, it's movement, it's dancing, it's backpacking, it's hiking, it's being active, it's being with the people I love most and just being me and joyful without trying to pretend to be anything else. So mm-hmm. when I think about my top core values are joy, love, freedom, and then courageous integrity is my fourth one. And mm-hmm. empowerment is my fifth one, and growth is my sixth one. And so I know that. When I'm not honoring those things, it I don't feel right. Something is off. So it becomes a really important litmus test or a way to approach anything, which is a situation, a difficult or even easy decision, simple decision. But it, if we look through everything through the lens of those values, it actually makes everything so much easier. And that includes boundaries. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And even just hearing you talk about this, I'm like, if we don't have those labeled, we're missing this whole guiding light that it is hard. Like we can hear we're not in line with our integrity and there's a feeling that goes along with it. Yeah. But you mentioning to name the core values really shines a light on like, oh, you can see where you're not <laughs> aligning. And if you can see it, then it's probably more tangible to be able to fix it, I'm guessing. Yeah. 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 We have to, we have to be aware of it first. I actually have mine right there next to my computer all mm. the time. And that's, so I, I live by, I try to live by that. Of course, I, I, I fail all the time, but I <laughs> try. You're human. Try. We're human. Oh, we're listeners. completely human. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, we're all a work in progress. And and I, I often tell, I just share, we often, we teach what we most need to learn, right? And this is why I'm so passionate about boundaries because I, I so needed to learn it and I still work on it every single day today. And then when we do teach it, it means that it's front of mind every day. That's really Absolutely, helpful. That's true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we have to, we have to live what we try to teach because it's, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, back to your point too. I don't want to skip over this because I believe strongly in expectations and like setting appropriate expectations into your point of, I do fail. Don't you just think that we just need to expect that like expect it. And then it won't feel so hard when it happens. I almost wonder if we should remove the word fail from our language and the way we speak. Cause it's not really failing. It's just learning. Right. Right. And so my guess is, especially since your finer focus is like more physician bound and, and female, even you probably work with a lot of individuals who struggle with any part of that word of failure or even not. (laughs) So take us through, because I I don't know, I just feel like keep taking us through examples of hope stories of somebody that's kind of been even where you were and how they got out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually partly how I wrote the book that I 
I'm coming out with because I, I gave examples. I, I essentially did a case study of three different women and how they evolved by implementing these some of these strategies. Obviously, none of us are per- perfect, but that, I think that word should also be removed. Perfect should be removed and fail. <laughs> right? Agreed. Done. Because Let's I don't, do it. it doesn't exist. <laughs> like balance. I don't think balance truly exists either. <laughs> that's another word. But I yeah, agree. right. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's and that's partly why. Because then my hope is that then people reading the stories can see a little bit of themselves, even if it's not their story. Right. Then they go, Oh, I can relate to, Oh yeah. And, and honestly, it's based on not only my life, but an amalgamation of I work with all these women. Right. And it's kind of their own stories. So one example would be, this is relevant in the women physician space, but I think it's probably relevant in any professional women's space, but they're one of the main, largest pain points for women physicians or just physicians in general is the charting we have to do, which mm-hmm. is write the patient encounter notes, all the paper, all the paperwork. So if you think of any job that involves paperwork, there's always paperwork. And that can often be the least pleasant part of our, sometimes can be the least pleasant part of our job, depending on what you like about your, your job. Mm-hmm. And that often, it actually really is the largest pain point for a lot of women and a lot of physicians and they struggle to actually get it done. It kind of takes over their life. So they often will take all the work home at night, continue to chart late night at night, still be behind, go back to work, still be behind. Right. I, I you hear this, this, it's kind of like this monkey on the back that never goes away. And they always feel like there's this work that hasn't been done because there isn't, it's not done. And they're doing it mm-hmm. on the weekends. I know of a lot of women who take it with them, like take vacation time just to finish their charting. I mean, it's, this is, it's not awful. Right. So it, it's like any, like any work, another example would be any work that we just don't ever stop and take a break from. Right. And then it, it absolutely wears on us and drains our energy completely so that we don't have that energy to do other things. So we're, we're, we're there. So we set some ground rules, like a boundary could even be essentially you only limit the amount of time you spend doing that stuff to certain parts of the day. So we start putting some guardrails on it. That's a practical tip, which is I, I have women, if they work in an eight, you know, eight to five kind of job, a clinical job, then I'll have them do charting or some of that work during specific times throughout that day. So that also could, could be email. Email is another pain point for a lot of people. I try to really get people to limit that to two to three times max a day. And then you don't touch it. You don't look at it at night. You set a heart boundary there. That's another example. Um, loving guardrails as a as a nice buzzword to take with us today. Kind of use guardrails in just a more everyday standard of life. And emails actually, all of this actually transfers over, maybe not the charting, but just like yeah. those tasks that keep creeping in and never stop. So emails, <laughs> where it's another area you see that for women. Social media can do that too. I struggle mm-hmm. with that. And a lot of it too, is we have these devices now, right. That are are at our fingertips. And so we can set rules for ourselves so that we're not encroaching on meaningful time with family or for ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we have to choose it. So then again, I, I, I like to think through all these examples and go back to those core values again. So how are we honoring ourselves by choosing to do X, Y, or Z right now? And what it's doing to our life. Like the email, for instance, the monkey on the back, nonstop. Uh, right. Being available all the time is, is really, I think, another struggle we have 
especially now that the electronic world is is amazing, but then people know we're working from home or virtually and they're like, oh, well, they're home. So they're always available. So that includes text messages, phone calls, emails, all these things that take our time and energy and that ultimately if we're never off, we're not recharging. We're not disconnecting. I would love to hear some communicate. Okay. So this is my example. Hmm. I feel like my family and friends know I'm terrible at responding right away or calling right back. And, and they're going to listen to this episode and be like, but sometimes it's intentional (laughs) because if you respond, like you're saying, if you respond right away or you're calling right away, you're never off. Like I chunk it into times where my kids aren't with me or car line or whatever like that. So that's by accident. I have created an expectation of how others already know about me. So that, that's not like a big shock when Lindsay doesn't call you. Yeah. <laughs> to the person who has been the opposite, who is always on. And like the second that that person doesn't respond would maybe to another person be like, oh, they're mad at me or that. How do you start creating those boundaries without feeling offensive or I don't know, to just like, let it settle well with your soul. Oh yeah. Because when we talk about boundaries, typically it's someone else is involved. There's another person, right? And then we have that relationship, the connection with that person, and then the history of how we've interacted. So what I try to do, if I try to help other women, depending on the relationship with that person, you can let them know. I mean, the best is clear is kind, right? The best is to be clear Mm -hmm. and just, just be honest, honesty and clarity. I'm really trying to make some changes in my life. I know that this might mean some changes in how I interact or how quickly I respond to things because I'm really trying to be intentional about focusing on me and my family or being with my loved ones or being more present, you know, whatever it is that's most aligned to you and your core values. And, and then explain, this might mean that I might respond a little bit slower in the future, right? Rather than just like, ghosting, cold, cold, not responding. I mean, that you can do that if someone's really pushing you and not being, <laughs> not being kind. Right. But hopefully you're also putting a boundary on people like that in your life anyways, because they're yeah. clearly not serving you in your life. So maybe, I don't know. How does that sound to you? <laughs> oh, so good. I just had somebody on talk about get off my bus. She oh, wrote a book called get off my bus and that. where people get to like sit on your bus. Do they need to move to the back? Do they need to get off? But that's what I'm picturing mm. with this boundary talk too. But clear is kind. Let's go back to that and just highlight it for a second, because this means even if it's a little uncomfortable, like communication has to happen. I'm a natural, like what I would like to do, ostrich head in the sand type of a thing with a lot of things. I don't. (laughs) My natural state, I think. (laughs) I don't, but I'd like to, same with you, you know, so like (laughs) if we know communication is key, What are some of your ways of helping women who like, they just want to crawl under the table when they hear us say, you've got to communicate? One thing to think about is that when we ask someone else for help, especially when it's a woman, they kind of instinctively want to help. Hmm. So a way to frame it is, would you be willing to help or could you help me in in this effort that I'm trying to do in my life? Right. Or phrasing it using that, would you help me? Or could you help me? Would you be willing to help me set this, this, this intention in my life so that I can be okay. And I, and in the, in the process, I want, I'd love for it to help you too. You know, it may or may not be appropriate for the situation, but out, out of kindness and love and compassion, each interaction, because the reality is when we're setting these boundaries, 
we're also modeling them for others and helping them to also set important boundaries, which they probably are struggling with in their lives too. Because it's not something that's was part of our upbringing for most of us as adults. Right. No, that's so good. And I think that helps everybody, uh, again, from like a parenting standpoint, anytime that we can lump our kids in as like seeing something or getting to role model for them, definitely bumps up on the priority list. And then, and then again, just knowing that we're affecting eyeballs are on us all the time. So that we can be a positive <laughs> for other people. For others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's such a good point. Man, why are boundaries are? And to your point, I know it's generational and I know that we're, we're going to see it even in our kids or their kids more than we'll be able to see it in ourselves, but it is, it's tough. So there's no magic wand is what you're saying. There is no magic wand and that's okay. What's the fun if there's a magic wand? Well, I don't know. I feel like there's it's like, it feels so much more meaningful when there's been a little bit of work and a little bit of struggle right along the way. I mean, that's what, I forget what conversation it was. I was the podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about, there was some sacrifice and some struggle in there, but that made it all that much more worth it. Right. And mm-hmm. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about your book. It's really to help women physicians. I mean, it's about women physicians, but I really hope it'll be helpful and meaningful for all women, period. And honestly, men too, and all genders. So hopefully there's lessons for everyone that are useful. And when somebody grabs your book, what's like your hope and the way that they're going to utilize it? I really hope they'll use it as a roadmap for how to begin to start this whole topic, because I think that's what's so overwhelming is when we think about, oh my gosh, how am I going to do all this stuff? You just have to pick one baby step. Right. And mm-hmm. I intentionally broke it down into actionable baby steps with like reflection exercises and workbooks and stuff like that so that it could be not so overwhelming. My goal is to it, I just want it to be clear, concise, simple, loving, and you use whatever part is most meaningful and useful for you at that time in your life. Right. There's going to be stuff right. that works for others and not for others. So I just hope that there's something in there for everyone and that it'll help in some way. Keep reading because, like you said, it will speak to you at different seasons of your life, depending on what you need from it at that moment. Yeah. So, yeah, it needs to live on their shelf, on our shelf, <laughs> and well, grab often. I'm learning exactly. And that was part of the joy of putting this together was breaking it down for myself. How did I do it all? Because I, I really have changed dramatically in three years, right? And what, what wisdom can I impart to others that? could help them to really treat themselves with the same compassion that they treat others. That's really the summary. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. What am I not asking you, Tammy, that I, that I could or should be? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the most important thing in my life are my husband and my fur babies. I mean, that's really all that really matters. No, a lot of things matter, but (laughs) when you come down, if you really had to tell me, ask me what's the most important thing in my life. It's my, my golden retrievers, my, my cats and my husband. So I don't have human, human children. So they're my, they're my children. And and then the ability to like come home and have the like time and energy that you want for those most important people in your life. So they're not getting, we always call it the fuzzy end of the lollipop. (laughs) It was in a movie one time and I I loved loved it. I don't think I've heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I, I will literally that. tell my husband, like, I feel like I keep getting the fuzzy end of the lollipop with you. <laughs> oh, 
And that's when we know we need to like recalibrate, make sure everything's back in order. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what I want for everyone, right? That's really all I want is to be able to to, to have the full part of the lollipop at home, not the, not the soggy part at the bottom. <laughs> that's all that's left. It's like, it's already gone. <laughs> Someone else. You're going to smile at that now. You're, you're going to use that. I'm, I love that. Oh yeah. Well, I'll, I will have to give you credit clearly. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I did no, not think of that I, one. <laughs> I think we have to give, I think it was what all dogs go to heaven. It was like some oh, Disney movie. Which I couldn't watch because it makes me so so sad. I can't handle these. I can't handle dog movies. They always kill the dogs. They always die. Mm-hmm. And I can't handle it. <laughs> oh my gosh. My daughter always wants to watch. It's with the oh, dog that movies. like. Has yes. multi- or yeah, that, that has multiple lives and it's the same Yes, dog. keeps dying. And I mean, it I come back like a hivey mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, never again. I like woke up sad. I went to bed sad. <laughs> Yeah, we don't want no. that, but it is mean. I mean, it shows that it it touches a part of our hearts, right? <laughs> In another uh, way, right? Yeah, <laughs> too much, too much. Okay, you have to send our listeners off with this one bit. If you could wrap your arms around them, like, what do you hope and pray that they hear out of you today? I want you to give yourself the same love you give to others. I just want you to be kind and compassionate to your own self. Because I know that your listeners are caring, loving, good people and want the best for others. And I just want that for you. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your time and your expertise today. We really appreciate you. Oh, I loved talking <laughs> with you today. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Whether you are working with me personally or just letting these podcasts speak into your life, I truly appreciate you trusting me on your journey and I will always have some free materials waiting for you on my website at healthaccountabilitycoach.com. I have habit trackers, meal planning worksheets, blank calendars where you can track your daily successes. Come check it out and always feel free to reach out if you need any referrals, if you are seeking your own accountability, or if you just want to say hello and provide your beautiful insight and feedback. I appreciate your valuable time and listening ears. This topic served any purpose for you or you can picture that exact person who needed this. I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2022 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping that open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.